You're listening to Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. So, ladies and gentlemen, Jack Barksdale. Hey, everybody, it's Jack Barksdale here. Welcome to another episode of Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. Today, I'm here with Charles Wesley Godwin, and he's got a new album coming out, which I'm super excited for. Thank you so much for being here. I'm happy to be here, Jack. Thank you for having me. So I've been listening to your music a lot lately, and it's got this great country singer-songwriter sound. I love it. A lot of it is real gritty. I don't know. It's, it's really awesome. So how did you get get started in, in that, and how did you get to that point? Well, thank you, buddy. I, I appreciate that a whole lot. And for you to be listening to me at your age, you got really good taste, <laughs> in my opinion. Of course, I'm biased, but... You know, I think you're listening to some pretty cool music. I wish I was listening to, uh, you know, if, if you're listening to me, I can only imagine some of the other folks that you're listening to. And I wish I was doing that at your age. But, um, you know, the way I got started, you know, believe it or not, I did not start. I never sang a song or played guitar or anything uh, my whole life growing up until I was 20 years old. Mm-hmm. I picked it up as a hobby. I was uh, I'd always played sports and. I'd come to the end of the road. I, I wasn't very athletic by any means. And, uh, you know, it didn't pan out for me. So I had to find something else to do with my time. And that's where I just decided, well, I'll, I'll pick up a guitar. Maybe, you know, that might be a good way for me to, to, to kill some of my free time in a productive way. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, over the course of time, you know, it kind of snowballed from there and come to find out, you know, it was one of the things in life that I actually had some talent for. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I got started. But yeah, you know, to be honest with you, it was a late start. I was already, I was already grown, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I, I wish I would have picked it up as a kid, but yeah. you know, you don't, there's no way to know something like that until you, you find it out. I didn't yeah. have, it's not like I wasn't exposed to it in my family because nobody else played or sang. So I just, there's no way I could have found out any sooner than I did, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad you found it when you did. And, you know, it's yeah, me late, too. better late than never. Yeah. I couldn't have gone too much later. I just, yeah. I, I don't think I ever would have made it. <laughs> and how did you pick up songwriting in the midst of all that? That kind of, that came a, a few years later after I'd initially picked up a guitar. Um, mm-hmm. Because when I got to the point where I'd started playing gigs. I was singing bluegrass music in a college band. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think I, I kind of had it in my head, you know, that I could probably do this. This could be my thing. This could be my career. I could figure this out. Um, I knew, well, I got to make my own music if I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's, uh, I can't think of any cover bands out there that have ever really done this in a big way. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there might be one or two that cover like, you know, the Beatles or something huge like that. But other than that, everybody that does it is a cover band. It's a side thing at the most. It just is what it is. So, you know, I knew in order to, to do this to its fullest, I need to write my own songs. And then once I started doing that, I found out that I loved it. Mm-hmm. And, and I found out that I love that the most out of anything. I love doing that more than I love playing guitar. I like the creation of a song more than I do singing. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so even if I couldn't sing a note, I'd still write songs for my enjoyment. So mm -hmm. that's another way I kind of found out another thing that I loved doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, I always listened to a lot of songwriters. My mom listened to a lot of songwriters like Lucinda Williams and Kevin Welch. So I started listening to like Guy Clark and Towns Van Zandt and all, all that kind of singer-songwriter stuff. So when I started playing guitar, kind of one of my first things that I really wanted to accomplish was songwriting yeah that's yeah. so cool man and so while i also love playing the guitar i think songwriting is probably my part my favorite part of the of music that's cool yeah and i think you know I, yeah, who knows i don't know but i think that's a good i think that's a good uh as, as far as somebody's going to be an original artist i think that's a good uh a good ranking of priorities in it because if somebody's a real good guitar player and they are trying to write songs but they don't love writing songs then they're going to just have very jammy songs which maybe that's some folks cup of tea but you know they may have a hard time really writing that very impactful song so i think i think he got it got it straight there of course i'm not a, i'm not a lead guitar player or something like that so i'm biased you know there might be somebody that <laughs> screaming that at me right now about that but i think you i think you got your head on straight jack and like you said you you said uh you aren't a lead guitar player but i find your rhythm playing really enjoyable and all the little licks that you throw in thanks there. man yeah, thank it's, you it's really refreshing some people will uh you know just you know play the song that you really put some good variety in there thank you thank you so, very much you know to help <laughs> accentuate the lyrics one of the main reasons that I'm so excited to be talking to you is you've got a new album out and, uh, or coming out, I'm sorry. You've got a new album coming out. You put out a few singles and I've been listening to them and they're great. So how long has this album been in the works? Oh, um, so this album, uh, How the Mighty Fall, let's see here. We, uh, I did demos on this last July <laughs> and then I finished recording the final you know, the final note, so to speak, in November. Mm -hmm. So it was done November of last year. And then uh, this year has just been organizing everything that's involved with trying to release one of these, and you know, in the best way possible as an independent mm -hmm. artist, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you, it's a how lot. Did, how did you release your first album? Was that with a, with like a record label? Or <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the first one was independent as well. It yeah, was? both of these. Yeah, both of these are independent. Um, the first one, I just uh, scratched together everything that I could and, and you know, made it work. And luckily, the album worked out. It was able to pay off and, and give me the opportunity to do this again. Awesome. For me, there are so many parts of making an album. And uh, I, I definitely enjoy different parts than others what was your favorite part about making this album to be honest with you my favorite part is let's see the the writing of the songs that you know that takes the you know years to to do before you actually get down to recording the album oh. and that that's my favorite part of it you know yeah it's um, really fun to just have these songs that you're really proud of and then have them all come together in this one compilation yeah of yeah. kind of your work, strange and uh, really 
nice feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, the studio part is just, that's just a part of, that's just something you got to do. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I do enjoy that. Those were long days when, mm -hmm. when we're in there and uh, you know, the, the two experiences I've had making an album I've at the end of my recording weeks, I've been just absolutely exhausted. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I have some very fond memories of my producer and I, you know, working on working on Seneca and now working on how the mighty fall but I still gotta say yeah my favorite my favorite aspect of the whole thing was just all all the all the time and the years and the months and and and, and days spent on working on each of those songs you know as they came along that's the part that I really really love that's awesome so I found myself when I was listening to your music that right as I would play the song, it would grab me, either musically or lyrically. Is that something that you think about when you're writing? Like, what what is your mindset or, or thought process when you um, are when you're writing? Really, I'm just uh, when I'm working on a song, I'm always whether even if I'm not right in front of the notebook at that moment, I'm always just tinkering on it, and really, I'm not thinking about anything else, but the song and I, I just I get in this zone where I'm just locked in and just thinking about the next line what I'm trying to say how I want it to sound what I'd like to sing it like you know it, it, it's not I'm not really thinking about what anybody else is going to think mm -hmm. or any of that until I mean honestly like I, I, I don't think about that until it's done like in the like when we're done even at the studio and then after that and after it's mixed and after it's mastered and i'm to the point where i'm like yeah that's it that's a song then i'm like God, i wonder if people are going to like this but until then i don't really ever take that into consideration for better or worse mm -hmm. that might it may come back to bite me someday um I don't think it's going to on this album. I think this album sounds beautiful and I think people are going to like it, but you know, that remains to be seen, but you know, I, I don't, uh, I'm not, when I'm, when I'm writing a song, I'm not thinking about, Oh, this will grab somebody or, uh -huh. or, uh, well, that's a catchy way to start. Or I just, uh, I'm just trying to like make the best little, little thing that I can. And it, I do it for my own. And, yeah, I, I do like it for focus my own on the enjoyment. Story and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest with Jack, like even if I never would have made you know, Seneca or this album, and let's say I didn't do this for a living, I would still have probably written all of these songs mm -hmm. just because this is what I like doing. It's my mm -hmm. hobby. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of. I, I don't know. I don't know really what other, I don't know what, I, what else I'm thinking about other than just the, the song in that moment when I'm working on it. Mm -hmm. And is part of your enjoyment when you're writing a song about how you are going to play it? Or is it most, is it really more about the lyrics and the story? I think it's a combination of just the lyrics and the story and it, you know, maybe 
coming like uh lyrically like maybe saying it in a in a in a beautiful way saying something maybe it's like saying something that's very basic in life or relaying some sort of a, a a very everyday emotion or an event in a way that is very like beautiful and emotion like emotionally evoking in somebody mm-hmm. and i think it's kind of both of those things and i, I don't know there, there's something that sometimes gives me goosebumps if like I, I if I'm real proud of something that I just did mm-hmm. you know um I uh like to give you an example of like kind of what what I'm talking about is like I remember I was working on have you listened to the album yet Jack I haven't listened to the okay. full album or so not, when you, not, when, not the new one okay yeah so like when you do get a chance and you're listening to to the new one mm-hmm. there's a song called bones and and that song is about a middle-aged man turning his life around. He's been an addict, a bum, and a deadbeat father for his entire adult life. He's probably in his in his mid-40s, and he reaches a breaking point one day where he wants to turn it around and become a better man and take responsibility for the things in life that he should. And in one of the verses, it, it it starts off with, reckon I'll find that boy of mine. Best I recall, he's eight or nine. And what he's talking about is, you know, he's got a son out there somewhere, and he was so high for his son's entire life, and he's been so removed from his son's life, he can't even remember how old his son is. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was driving on Route 50 in West Virginia one day. I was driving from Athens, Ohio, back to Morgantown. To um, this is before Seneca came out, so I was I think I was driving to Morgantown to play at a burrito restaurant, mm-hmm. and um, I thought of that line in the car, and I, I remember it, it it like made me tingle. I, I was like, wow, like it was very powerful to me. It made me very proud and very happy that I even thought of that. And to me, I just mm-hmm. it's 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 a very simple thing to say, but it means that's that's very it means a lot. Mm-hmm. you know so that's the kind of thing like what you know when I'm writing a song in those moments like that man it, that's pure joy when I have yeah. those moments and w- when you do that do you feel like uh it's something outside yourself like uh do yeah, you, do it you could be of, do you think of your songs do you think of your songs as a part of you or not like, yeah I mean I get what you're saying like if it, if it's coming from somewhere else Kind of how some songwriters talk about, like it's almost like you're or, you're like a no, do, like do a you, in between between some other thing and yeah, in this do, world. Do you feel like it's coming from somewhere else in your mind that you're not really conscious of? It's not really coming from your conscious. Oh man, you know, I, I to, if I had to if I had to jump on either side of this line because I've heard heard folks kind of talk about this before. For me, you know, I I. I put my chips on it's, it's coming from me. It's coming from, it's coming from my heart and my mind. And, uh, yeah. So I'd say, I'd say it's coming from me because my songs don't come quick. I, I really tinker away at them for, for weeks and months, a lot of times. Yeah. So, you know, they don't just kind of fall out of the sky to me. Yeah. Um, I have to, I have to, yeah. Yeah. I have to work, I have to work at them to finish them. So, yeah, I'm, I'd go ahead and I'll say that they come from me, but I could be wrong. Sometimes it just, you know, feels removed from yourself in some way. But uh, I have found that when you really work on a song, it feels more personal. Yeah. I, I love the way, 
I love the way you write and how you play. I've been kind of wondering uh, where all that comes from. Like, who are your biggest influences? For, for this album, I would say the two big influences I had here in the last couple of years, the guys that I listened to probably the most were Chris Knight and Bruce Springsteen. Like oh, wow. their, their way of writing. I've just been, I've almost been like just studying it, just how mm-hmm. they can write character songs and narrative songs, narrative songs that are just so, you know, they have such a sense of place and they, they're so, uh, they like, they, they create such imagery, but, but keep the, keep it thin and keep it direct and to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, those to me have been the biggest influences on this new album. And uh, I mean, I, I can't stress it enough. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Chris Knight, Bruce Springsteen. Hmm. Wow, that's a that's a pretty cool uh, duo. It is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting mix. Yeah, it is an interesting mix. <laughs> between the two. Mix. Yeah, uh, but it makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Have you, lately, have you been listening to any anything new? Not necessarily new, but new to you. The, the the newest thing I've been listening to a lot is uh, that new James McMurtry album. Have you oh, had a chance I, to listen to that? I love that album. It's yeah. a great album. Is that The Horses and the Hounds? Is that uh, what that's called? I, I can't remember the name of it, but it's the one that's got Canola Fields. Yeah, let's see here. And, uh, the Horses and the Hounds, that's matter. the name of the album. But yeah, I've been listening to that album over and over again the last, you yeah. know, I guess month or so. Yeah, that's a great album. Yeah, he's... He's another guy that's just so good at, at just wordsmithing. Like it, it's it's awesome. So I've just mm-hmm. been I've just been eating that up the last month. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that album. There's just something about that. His blunt. You know, it's hard to explain his songwriting. Yes, yeah, it's, it's honest. It's it, yeah, it's very yeah. honest. That's the perfect word for it. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't try to fluff it up. He yeah, just it doesn't doesn't mention it. He says it just how it is and it's, he does it with a very relaxed delivery and it just comes off just so uh authentic and easy to listen to mm-hmm. yeah and do you feel like that's been influencing your music oh i i don't think yet like it hadn't yeah. hadn't had enough time yet to to influence me but maybe three years from now i might be able yeah. to look back on that as, as something that influenced me yeah it's uh like a a sneak peek into yeah. the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hopefully I don't start like trying to mimic him, but yeah, yeah. It, it would it would be it would, I'm sure it would be very beneficial to my work if that mm-hmm. did have some sort of an imprint or an influence yeah. on me going forward because you know James McMurtry is just so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of of some of these influences, how has your style and sound evolved? over the years since you started until now it's it's changed a lot uh jack to be honest with you man when you know i didn't didn't even pick up a guitar till i was 20 might have been at the end of my 20th year when i actually started like singing songs and when i don't know if uh, you know I, I don't know if you've you may may have figured this out already and if you did then you're way ahead of the game but as a beginner the the folks that you listen to and that influence you seep into the way that you sound and the way that you sing. And it's really hard to get that out. 
you, you got to almost beat it out through repetition and a conscious effort to cut it out. Um, so it, it took me years to stop having little pieces of, of my singing voice sound like other people. Mm-hmm. took me a long time to be able to f- just absolutely 100% relax and just sit in my natural voice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I found that just in time for Seneca, mm-hmm. where pretty much all my singing in Seneca is, is, is pretty much right there in my natural voice. It's just 100%, you know, relaxed. And that's the way I talk that, you know, the way I sing, the accent that I sing with is also the accent that I talk with. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, there's no way I could have made Seneca any sooner than I did, because I think even if it had been a year before, it would have had a tinge of something else in me that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And then that's only I've only uh, I've only dialed that in even more since then. So mm-hmm. I, I think, in my opinion, I even sound more like myself now in this new one. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's effortless. You know, every time I sing, even if I'm singing a cover song, I, it, it sounds like me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I've been totally, I've totally been able to block out all other singing influences. But uh, man, that's so, you know, it's 2021. Seneca came out 2019. I started recording it at the end of 2017. So, you know, it took me six years to get that figured out. Mm-hmm. So you really worked on your originality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I wish it uh, I wish it would have been some effortless thing from the beginning, but it would. I had to like work the influences out of my voice. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody that would have heard me in a bar in Morgantown, West Virginia, during my college years. You know, I would I'd sound a lot different then than I ended up than I actually sound. Mm-hmm. You know, because I hadn't figured that out yet. Yeah. Huh. That, that's crazy. And I've been listening to a lot of, uh, you know, different kinds of music. I've been listening to a lot of Tom Waits mm-hmm. and all of his uh, albums. What he does is he's got, you know, his natural voice, but it seems like he's always playing a character. Mm. Yeah, it's very theatrical. Yeah, it's very theatrical, whether it's like it's supposed to be like he uses vocal distortion to change his voice, like where he'll actively work on his voice to get that sound out and he can sing in so many different ways and i just find it so crazy how easily you can you can mimic something else and i i love how he does it but i can definitely see how sometimes it's refreshing to find your own voice yeah and i think you know tom waits is is uh i mean he's an exception yeah it's like, a special circumstance his his ability to like mix all that in is uniquely him nobody else can do it yeah. like that so you know what i mean but then like other times though you, you see folks yeah and, and then but then other times you know you, you hear folks and it's like oh man you know i see i see who's influencing that you know mm-hmm. and the sad thing is wh- whoever or whatever they're going for there's already been that so mm-hmm. any any anybody that comes after that's trying to catch that thing or, or sound like that certain way they're always going to be the, the poor man or woman's version of the original so yeah in my opinion maybe i'm wrong but you know that that's why I, that's why i worked so hard to find you know just that natural singing voice it, it took yeah. me a lot of work to do it that's really interesting i've never thought about that before 
Yeah, yeah that's that's really fascinating. Do you find yourself performing differently in the studio than on tour? Yeah, I'd say so. When I'm in the studio, I will go all out, like 100% of my voice to do what I needed to do. Yeah. To try to do the absolute best take that I can get to get to nail yeah. it for that album. Mm-hmm. If I'm on the road and I'm like on week five of a five-week tour. Yeah, you got to save that voice. Or, or yeah, even if I'm on, like, let's say week four, I got one more week uh-huh. and my voice is tired, I'm hoarse and I'm scratchy. I'm not going to do that. Like at the, at the show, maybe I might just keep a little bit back so that I don't lose my voice for the next night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it is different. You know, you gotta, mm-hmm. it, sometimes you gotta pace it. And sometimes the voice is feeling great. I'm strong and rested and I'm able to go, go all out. But then other times, you know, I, I finish a show and then you know, afterwards, uh, my voice is a whisper and you know, there's, there's nothing I can do about it. I just, yeah try to get some sleep and hydrate, you know? Yeah. It's so hard when you go all out like that. There's a lot of those different, you know, like the throat coat teas and the, the yeah. apple cider vinegar and all, all this different stuff. But it just never seems the same as when you preserve your voice and really, I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm not a, any kind of singing expert, but. Uh, yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. You're right. But yeah, I mean, I don't have a, the strongest voice in the world. So it's all, that's always a, uh, you know, a, a, a part of the battle for me when I'm on the road is just uh, keeping that voice up, you know, mm-hmm. because mine will go on me if I don't, uh, if I don't take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah throat coat's a lifesaver. Uh, apple juice helps, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I know all the, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I saw that you went on, on an overseas tour uh, a few years ago. I've personally never done that. I've only been playing shows for about five years, maybe. I say you're doing pretty good, bud. (laughs) Let's say you're doing pretty good. Do you feel like going overseas, what is it like? Does it influence your music, all the things you experience over there? Or is it just, I don't know, what, what is it like touring overseas? Uh, you know, to be honest, it's not, it's not all that different than, uh, than touring here in the U S mm-hmm. you know, um, I've traveled a lot in my life, mm-hmm. so, you know, that might've changed things for me. Uh, I'd seen a lot of Europe before I ever did tour and, and actually would be working there like, you know, on a, on a tour. So it was just kind of, uh, for me, it was business as usual. Now, there were some cool things that I got to see, some new cities I got to explore. But, um, you know, the, the work for me really remained the same. I played them just like I would if I were here at home. And uh, the crowds, people were just as passionate as they are back over here. And it was it was a great experience. I never thought that I did not know that my music had uh, had reached that far. I, I, mm-hmm. I was second guessing when I was on the plane over there. I was kind of like, what am I doing? I had a, mm-hmm. a newborn son back home. He was only a little over a month, a month mm-hmm. old. And I was on my way over there and I'm thinking, man, who always going to come see me? Like, what am I doing? Like, mm-hmm. I need to go back. I should go back home. Like, what am I doing? And then I got over there and all the rooms were full. Sold out wow. over half a dozen shows. And I, I just or sold out over a dozen shows and I just I was blown away by 
uh, you know, the, the following and the fan base that, that I had over there with, and I didn't even know it. Huh, that's um, crazy. Yeah. So that was cool, but yeah, man, I, I don't think it, it changed my writing at all. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like to have a sense of place in the, in the songs that I write and, my my sense of place at, at this point in my life now I am I'm 29 so I'm still young so it may change over the course of my life but for right now I like that sense of place to be here in West Virginia like in the mountains the the re, the area that I know I know how to I know how to set a scene here yeah so this is kind of where my songs transpire now the themes in them and the problems and, and the things that the characters, the narrators or myself in them face, those are human things that everybody can connect with. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not, uh, I haven't quite gotten to that point yet where I'm, I'm making songs that, that are like, you know, take place in, in faraway places. I, I kind of write, write what I know, you know what I mean? So I, yeah, it didn't really influence my writing at all. It just, you know, it was a it was a great experience to to get to do that and see those places. But you know, it, yeah, that's that's kind of all I can say about it. Mm-hmm. Touring and traveling as much as you had, is there uh, someone that you played with or just met that just really stands out to you? One, you know, who's who's one of the coolest people that you've gotten to play with or gotten to meet? Yeah, well, I mean, I gotta gotta show love to my buddy Ward Davis. He's he's brought me out on the road with him a lot since uh, August of 2019, and you know he's really helped me uh, grow my fan base by bringing me out with him. And yeah, man, he's we we've played enough together now that like just over the course of the last couple of years, we've become good friends. And he's he's taught me a lot about this business and. Know, being a performer and you know i've i'm really grateful to him for for all the wisdom that he's passed down to me and all the help that he's given me with you know with building a bigger fan base mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah this has been this has been really fun getting to talk to you I'd just like to thank you so much i've got a few more questions and okay. uh well appreciate you having me on at least, yeah at least one last question i just always like to ask people this because it's always interesting the variety of answers that i get what are your biggest goals for the future with your music or even just yeah. with, your, with your normal life well with my professional life that's very easy you know i have a team around me now and uh, i have you know a band that i take on the road with me so there's a lot of folks that are invested in the success of my professional future mm-hmm. so you know, nothing would make me happier than to provide a very comfortable living for my family so that we don't have to stress over the little things in life. And also for, for the success, for the success that I have to be, to be good enough and big enough to allow everybody that's involved with, with making my career happen for them to be comfortable as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's the goal. I want everybody to be able to raise a family and make a living uh, and everybody that's attached to me and what I'm doing, I want them to, to be able to, you know, be financially stable and comfortable in life and be able to have a family and all the things that we want out of life. Mm -hmm. So that'd be my goal professionally. And then personally, I just want to, you know, keep up, you know, 
be the best father that I can. You know, it, it's uh, it's very interesting. You know, Jack, it wasn't that that long ago when I was in your shoes. And, you know, when, man, when you're a kid, you, you just, your parents are just there. They just make things happen. And it's just like, yeah, that's what they do. And then it's not until you grow up and then you find yourself in their shoes. You can't, you, like, I can't stress you enough. Like, you can't believe it's like, oh, my God. They were scared. Like, they didn't know. They didn't know how they're going to make things work, but they did. And, and that's where I'm at now. You know, I'm a, I'm a new father and I'm figuring out that, oh, my God, like adults don't have it all figured out. They're just yeah. doing the best that they can. Uh-huh. So, like, it, it, it's uh, it's amazing how how much heat your parents take uh-huh. to allow, you know, the, the, their children to, to just be living for the most part, pretty stress free and enjoying their their childhood. Uh-huh. And so I want to make that happen for my children. I want to take all the heat off of them and allow them to just enjoy their, their childhood and just grow up and be happy and stress-free and, and, and follow their dreams. And then I want to be a good husband. And then, uh, you know, my wife and I have a bunch of projects that we want to do around this house, and hopefully I can get those done for her. Well, so awesome. those are those are my goals. They're pretty simple. Nothing, yes. nothing too grandiose. Mm-hmm. Once again, I'm so excited about the new album. When's it going to be released? It's going to be released November 5th. So it's less than a month now. It's crazy to think time's flown that, that fast. I know. That's crazy. Are you going to get any hard copies done, like some vinyl or CD? Yep. Yeah, the vinyls, vinyls and CDs are, are done and in, and pre-orders are are you know, people are pre-ordering every day and those will be sent out on release day on the 5th. So that was a big part of, you know, getting all this together this year was the vinyls. Everything was backed up because of the pandemic last year. So that was something that we wanted to make sure we had, uh, you know, before the release. Mm -hmm. Well, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone. Go follow Charles Wesley Godwin on Spotify so that it'll alert you when the album comes out or, you know, Go buy it on Apple Music or wherever you get it or get a hard copy. So thank you so much for so so much for being here. This was a lot of fun. I had a great time. I hope you did too. Oh, I definitely did, Jack. Thank you for having me, buddy. You keep up doing what you're doing. Uh, thank you. This is Jack Barksdale's Revival. That's Charles Wesley Godwin. And I hope to see you all next time. Bye.